Yeah, we just can't afford to lose four individuals. I'd say Johnny Gibson Park, probably Andrew Porter, and I would say probably Doris. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. And you're very welcome back. It's Richie McCormick here with you tonight. I'm delighted to say after a weekend of contrasting results which have had for North London sides which have had an interesting impact on the Premier League title race and a day in which Leeds have sacked their manager Jesse Marsh. It's all go. Pat Nevin joins us to uh, to wrap up what has been an eventful 72 hours, Pat. It's been uh, quite something. I don't think the news has realised that it's a bank holiday over here and we seem to have uh, had a deluge of items befall us today. Yeah, a, a good day to get bad news out, I think, because <laughs> there's so much going on. Absolutely. It's, it's ridiculous. And you just wake up this morning and you think, I mean, all the way back to Friday um, when I watched the Chelsea game and everyone was expecting them to do this amazing new multi, I was going to say million, but it's getting towards billion team out there. Um, and that was a big story. And that's like gone, man. That's miles away. That's an eternity away. You watch Manchester City play with the dead. Um, was really surprising. They were kind of dull, but I think there's a few people thinking, oh, I get that now. <laughs> I think there's one or two things in the background they're worrying about. But yeah, there's there's so many massive stories just yeah. now, particularly in the Premier League. I mean, Liverpool, for goodness sake, they could be 3-0 they're mid-table. They're, it's, it's, it's not a meltdown, but it ain't far off it. It's it, extraordinary how much is going on. It's been, a, it's been a rapid pace, 72 hours and more, as you mentioned, going back to that uh, Friday night, West London, nil all draw. We'll start with the Manchester City story. Obviously, Pat, it today broke. Uh, the Premier League have adjudged that they have broken uh, a series of financial rules dating back to the 2009-2010 season. So ultimately, across these span of seasons, uh, it looks like 100 plus rule breaches in terms of finances. This is going to be invested investigated by an independent panel. Uh, they won't have the luxury of going to the Court of Arbitration for Sport as they have had previously in other financial investigations that involved or were centred around UEFA uh, in essence. As you mentioned, this may have been preying on people's minds yesterday, but certainly this is going to have a massive impact on how the remainder of Manchester City season goes. It could well have that. Um, it's, it's strange when you get a hundred breaches and I've trolled through and I can see one that I kind of know about, mm. you know, that kind of uh, it was a sponsorship deal that they allegedly inflated. Um, but there's other complaints as well. Uh, these will be complex things. And anyone who says, oh, yeah, I know what's happening here. Don't believe them, right? Because they don't. You know, you have, there's a lot of work to be done on this. Um, and Manchester City have got phenomenal royals and they're going to be working that as well. But it's, what is interesting, if they are found guilty of some of the more extreme uh, allegations that are set towards them. They're talking about points deduction, etc. However, there is another bigger question. Yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that question as it comes. But there's a bigger question. What about all these people that are buying it in the Premier League, putting all the money into it, and then they realise, well, actually, we might get done for that. We might get sued for that. A lot of them will think, hmm, do we want to do that anymore? Should we just bog off to Italy or Spain or something like that? So, you know, the Premier League, well done them for whatever who's doing it and looking at it and being hopefully honest about it and it sounds as if they are honest about it mm. but it's one of those ones that get this big gun out and just about to shoot themselves in the foot and well done you, you, you've seen they have the honour to do that so I, I applaud them for looking at it closely because if they've done things that are unfair 
then he shouldn't be let away with it because, you know, other clubs uh, hopefully play by the rules. Well, and note the hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. This dates back, the investigation I think goes as far back as about four years or so. So this has been coming. Uh, Manchester City would have been aware that this is in the works, but now it's something that they actively have to deal with and they'll be lawyering up and they'll be preparing to go the distance uh, with this. It hasn't necessarily cleared the clouds over the Etihad regarding yesterday's results uh, against Tottenham because... I think from the off, when you look at the last couple of weeks in terms of the player turnover with Joao Cancelo heading out on loan and all parties saying that, no, no, everybody got on grand here despite the fact that he's one of the best fullbacks in the world and they've gifted him to Bayern Munich for the rest of the season. And then you see the starting lineup come out yesterday saying Kevin De Bruyne is on the bench and you're kind of thinking, what, what is going on here? And the results, the way it panned out, makes you think that either Pep Guardiola is trying to make things difficult for himself to give himself a challenge or there is something a little bit off in the state of, of Manchester City. I think, actually I'm not writing Manchester City off just now, but certainly their style didn't seem there. You know, and maybe that's, remember, it's very, very hard to keep that style going for a long time. Remember, it was, you know, the likes of David Silva, it was De Bruyne at his very, very best. And, you know, these are phenomenal players. Now, these Silva's gone, you've got another Bernardo Silva in, you've got other players but to try and keep the same thing going mm. to the same level, you can see what Pep tried to do. You know, he brought in Grealish and he's tried to adapt it a little bit. But it ain't easy to keep on going at that level, and particularly keeping that same style within the group. And watching it yesterday, you thought, you know, they look a wee bit figured out there. They really did look a little bit figured out by Spurs. And you know, Spurs can blow very hot and very cold as well. So whether it's, you know, Pep's a little bit frustrated because he's not got the team doing what he wants to do, Maybe there was a little discomfort in the camp with number of players. When a player leaves, I don't know if Cancelo wasn't going to be popular within the group. You know what it's like in sports teams? When your best mates goes, yeah, they're selfish people, football people and sports people generally. It's just nature of the beast. But when the best mates go, you think, oh, wait a minute, I could be next. That could be possibility of playing on it as well. The thing is, we don't know. But it doesn't look right at the moment. But if you look across, you know, the, the number of teams that it doesn't look right, it doesn't look right at Liverpool at the moment. It certainly didn't look right at Chelsea for a long time at the moment. And there's a lot of teams where, you know, they've been on top for a long, long time. It doesn't last forever. And see when you need to make those changes. You better get them right. And they're not easy. And particularly if you're Manchester City and you know, the others I mentioned there, you're paying top dollar for everything. You're paying over the odds for everything, hence the temptation to go back to where we started, mm. to maybe overpay and maybe, you know, do things that, you know, are not exactly cutting corners, but, you know, playing a little bit fast and loose with the rules. That's just the way to do it. But looking at City yesterday, it was, uh, that was really, really, really surprising. I have to say, setting that particularly, you just thought, mm, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. What did you and make? It doesn't Deserve to yeah, what did you make of, of, of Guardiola's comments afterwards where he, he talked about the time that it takes to get down to London and back from Manchester? I mean, this isn't the first time that they've gone from Manchester to London. It's a, it's a fairly common journey for teams from the northwest of England. And yet this seemed to have been raised uh, last night saying it was a four and a half hour trip from... Now, I don't know if they were driving individually by a car, whether they got stuck on you know the motorway or whatever, but it seems like an odd one to pull out after what was effectively a narrow defeat last night. Yeah. There's a limit of sympathy you're going to get from quite a lot of us, <laughs> to be fair. Considering, you know, a lot of the times we go by planes, um, some of us remember those long journeys from London to Newcastle and terrible weather and awful, you know, basically just a whole bus. <laughs> you're not talking a luxury you know, 
culture and like you know sometimes we just you know bus and you have to make sure you'll be able to deal with it the member have got a very very decent sized squad as well which should be able to adapt it but it seems like an odd one and it almost in fact it doesn't almost it sounds like deflection mm. that sounds awfully like deflection to me that's like oh people will talk about that now yeah well let's ignore that and let's get back onto the real subject why you ain't playing very well and ain't that yeah that's not the real big problem there's something much more than that i mean kevin de brown had come on and, and looked a little bit of a shadow of himself so the question is is it an age thing can he keep on doing it week in week out or you know two or three times a week or is it the fact that he's just playing and having playing a little bit injured when he's not fully fit all of these things could be possible but you know i i'm taking the coach journey as deflection i'm taking that Uh, we have to fiddle that in, uh, Pat. So we'll move on to events at Goodison, your former side, Everton, there on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, in in retrospect, we probably should have seen this coming uh, to a degree because Sean Dyche goes in there, has a pretty limited amount of time with which to work his, with his new Everton players, um, and it would be a former Burnley man who gets the only goal of the game. But they looked a, a side reborn uh, from with with Sean Dyche going in there from what they had been under Frank Lampard. There was an energy about them that I haven't seen in about eighteen months there. There's once or twice I've seen it with him, but it's only been once or twice, mm. and it's only been for parts of games. Yet you watch that there, and it basically simplified everything. Unbelievably simplified. There was a lot of physicality there. He's got them whipped up. He's got them, you know, interesting, one of the quotes he said he, that some of the players felt they'd let Frank down, you know, would have been better to kind of show it in a different way, maybe way before the game. However, um, you know, getting those players to put all that energy in, I mean, the amount of cross balls they, they get in, the amount of physicality and attacking the balls. You know, sometimes see all the intricate stuff, you know, dump it if you have to. Uh, it hurts me to say it, but if you're in a, in a physically home, it hurts me to say it. Mm. But sometimes that's what's needed, the dogs of war stuff. Now, Everton have done it before, back in, you know, Joe Royal times as well. Moisey had a period of that. They just, sometimes you have to dig in and make sure you've got guys on the pitch that were worth, wanted to fight. But maybe if we could put it in one guy, I was doing. I've seen Onana a couple of times recently. And honestly, it looked as if he was playing the five-a-side game, and he wasn't interested. Quite a few of the games, but he's got everything you need to be absolutely superb. Yeah, in March Dykes, and straight inside his head, and he looks like a world beater. So it may well be the simple thing is Dyche is very good at getting a lift. Question remains: Can he keep that lift going? They're not that far off. You know, there's decent enough players there. The good thing, and here's the ultra good thing for Everton, the physicality is there. It's actually there. What Sean does, the kind of, the clay and the, the, he has to mould that team's actually there. So although they went for Bielsa first, which I thought was bizarre, you know, lovely, that's the Everton spirit, you know, skill of science, all that sort of stuff. Not the right players. Yeah. Whereas Daesh, Absolutely. So they've got a chance now. Even things like bringing in, like Abdullah de Corre famously had been made to jog the perimeters at the Finch Farm pitches because he, he was a bad influence, it would seem, on the rest of the dressing room. And he looked like, you know, he was a player reborn again. They looked like they could compete and they looked like they believed they could compete through each single minute of that game. As you mentioned, consistency is going to be the thing. But again, having that consistency of effort throughout the game was something that I hadn't seen again in a while. It, it, it is strange because working under various managers through your career, some brilliant, some less so, and the ones that get the most out of players, it's not the ones that show or the ones that are nice or the ones that do this, do that. It's the ones that absolutely understand the psyche of every individual. Mm. That's not easy. 
and making sure that all the best players you've got are available to you and on the pitch and doing the best. And it sounds the simplest thing in the world. It's amazing how many people can't get it done. You know, and, you know, Frank leaving, you know, he's done it a couple of times. He did it at Chelsea as well. You know, leaving people out where everyone else is thinking, why are you doing that? You know, and he's, you know, morally thinking because he's not behaving correctly. Well, sometimes you, you need to almost steamroll over that sort of stuff and say, right, I don't care. I'm going to get you in here and I don't care what it takes. And I know how to get inside your psyche. And to be fair, the ginger marine has been doing that for a long time. He's fabulous at it. And he, you know, and so at the end of Burnley, you know, he left Burnley. But to keep them where they were for as long was monumental, absolutely monumental. And I think in many ways Everton landed very, very lucky by getting them there. They could have made a lot worse decisions on it. But he's, uh, for all the shouting and the simplicity of tactics sometimes, there's no simplicity in the man. Is this Premier League title race still a two-horse race or is there a third or possibly even fourth involved in this now? Yeah, I think there could be. I think there could be. Yeah, you just need, remember um, Sir Alec Ferguson used to say, they always used to say, the title race begins in January. Yeah. Well, before that, you can have a good time and little runs here and there. Right, whoever can put it together between now and the end of the season can charge. The charge from United has been brilliant. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And you know, it was very, very hard to predict it as well from where they were. Um, you know, Rashford coming from a player who I watched for the last season and a half thinking, I don't think it's physical, I think it's mental what's wrong because you've got everything there but watching your body language. And then you look at it now and you think, is it he just didn't want to be near Ronaldo? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, not that I want to be the main man but didn't like playing second fiddle mm. um, purely because he was having to do work maybe twice a work. It might have been something as simple as that. But he's come in now. He's got a brilliant reaction from the team. So there's no doubt they're in it. I have to say, I would, I'd rule Newcastle out. Uh, I've been to see them recently. I was at their recent cup games and, you know, it's fabulous. They've got through the cup final, but quality-wise and depth-wise, I, I think it's not quite there. It will be, but it's not there yet. Yeah. So, yeah, there are teams that Arsenal definitely got a chance, but they've got their problem of Everton sussed how to beat and how to do Arsenal, right? So who have they got next? Brentford. Yeah. <laughs> they do exactly the same thing to them. Yeah. And, you know, Brentford will be saying, yes, let's have a go at that one. Uh, I'll be at that game. I'm going to that game. So uh, I cannot wait. It's different, obviously, it's a yeah. damage, but um, it should be a cracker. Sure. We will find out a lot about Arsenal in that one. Yeah, yeah, I'd get them in the coming weeks are going to tell their own tale. Uh, all our football, of course, brought to you by Sky. Watch all the football you love, including the biggest Premier League games every weekend, live on Sky. Uh, the other big news today, Pat, of course, is Jesse Marsh uh, paying for Leeds' run of form, that defeat to Nottingham Forest, uh, basically bookending a period where they haven't won since the before the World Cup. Now, they haven't been blown out of the water, I don't think, in any of those matches they've had since. There's been a few draws. They've had a couple of cup wins. But it's starting to lose to teams around them and watching teams around them in the Premier League table begin, like Everton, to get an uptick in form and to begin to kind of sing again, whereas Leeds don't look like they can they can hold a tune at the moment. Where do they go next after sacking Jesse Marsh? Well, first thing is, I'm the worst person to ask, right? Because I've been to see Leeds about four times this season. And they've been utterly brilliant every time. And they've won every game. Even down, I was down at the Accrington Stanley game. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's only Accrington Stanley, but yeah, I, I saw them wipe the floor with Chelsea. Every team I've sent along the Brewers, it's a tough one. I agree with you. I think it's harsh. 
uh, in March because you look at the teams that I've, I've looked at them before. Arsenal beat them one 0 um, Fulham they're doing well three two single goal usual stuff. Newcastle flying high draw. Brentford flying high draw. No one do, no one really hammers them. It's, it's just the odd draw. And what it does tell you is, is one simple thing: the difference between success and failure in the Premier League is stunningly, stunningly small. You wouldn't be surprised had they stuck by him a wee bit more and they might have got out of it and cruised along the mid-table. I wouldn't be surprised with that because they've got some very good players in there and we all clearly liked working for the manager. But where do they go now? That's that's the question. That's a hard one because you could see the transition from Bielsa to Jesse Marsh. What did they do now? Did they get another sort of similar-ish attitude of you know high-intensity, ultra-attacking? Or did they go to somebody who's a, you know, you know, hired hand, you know, gun for hire, somebody who does normal things and just keeps them in the division. They may well do that. I have to say, I, I think that's a that's a tricky one. I don't know if they're the right team, team to do that with. So uh, if it would be me, oddly enough, and I know a lot of Leeds fans mm. don't think about it, two things I would have done, I probably would have stuck with them. And B, I would have got me a season ticket there. <laughs> you're, you're clearly the good luck charm they've got some rough games coming up they've got that trip to Manchester United on the way uh, home and away uh, in the Premier League which oddly come so close together within four days and then they've got Everton obviously another team around them Southampton uh, who are obviously in trouble themselves and then uh, to your former side Chelsea it, like they've got a decent footballing squad they backed them in the January transfer window which is always the most perverse thing when they decide to sack a manager a couple of weeks later. And they're all players who are brought in in his own image. So there are guys coming in from the Bundesliga. There are people like Weston McKennie who made their name in that league and went off and maybe didn't have the best of times at Juventus coming in. And you're thinking that, oh, he's going to get the best out of these. They've got Patrick Bamford coming back fit again. Surely they can get out of this. And They're just a frustrating side. They're a frustrating entity, I think, is probably what I'm getting at here. Um, it's, 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 it is a shame though, but there is a massive fear, obviously. You go to a Leeds game and the noise that you get there, the backing you get there, and never mind whether in the Premier League or not, it's always the same, it's brilliant, right? So it's a great place to go and watch football. The backing they give the team when they're doing okay or just fighting the way they should be fighting is extraordinary. So as good as anyone in the league, you know, them and Newcastle, they're the best. When you go there, it's just fantastic start to finish. Um, but the demands are high. And the demands, when that crowd... It's that vociferous, then starts turning either towards the manager or towards the board. The board panic. That's what happens. It just happens every single time. Mm. Um, and you know they're, they're going to have to make a decision. And it's strange if they've made a decision and they don't have the answer yet. See if you make a bigger call as that, you should have the answer. Wait, you should be sitting there. You know wh- why do it now? Then go and search for something. They should have the answer ready. They should have thought about this going forward. And it may well be the case. But see if they leave it even two or three games, that might be too late. That might absolutely not be blow it for them because at the end of the season, there's going to be about seven or eight clubs down there. There's going to be a point here or there. And uh, that sort of slowness in decision, that sort of, if you're going to make it, make it. Mm. And if you don't get that right and you don't do it right quickly, they could be, they'll be down there for the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. Pat and Evan, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you as ever and to pack so much in as well. Uh, it was a thankless task. Uh, thank you so much and we'll speak to you again next week. Football on off the ball with Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This is News Talk.